The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, everybody out there in Bourbon Real Talk land. Randy Sullivan coming to you today with a very special episode. We are going to discuss the difference between storing wine and storing whiskey. So here's the, the, the backstory. Uh, not too long ago, a representative from a company reached out to me and said, hey, we like your podcast. We make wine refrigerators and we would like to give you one for you to do a review on your channel. And I was like, mm, I don't really do wine related things per se. And so I was not exactly sure how I was gonna work that out. And then it dawned on me, I've seen a lot of recommendations regarding how you store whiskey that actually only apply to wine. And so I reached back out and I said, you know what, I'm willing to do it. They said, we're gonna send you a free wine refrigerator. And I said, it, am I gonna to get to keep it? And they said, yeah. And I said, do you care if I give it away? And they said, no, by all means. So one of you lucky listeners or watchers is going to win this free 28 bottle wine storage refrigerator. So first we're gonna talk about how you store wine. Then we're gonna talk about um, how this wine storage system matches up to what you're looking for in your wine storage. We're gonna talk about the differences between that and whiskey and some of the misinformation that's out there. So buckle up, we're gonna have some fun. So first off, let's talk about how you store wine. Um, there's basically three different ways. You could store it upright at an angle or all the way sideways. So that's orientation. Now, if your wine bottle has a screw top, it doesn't matter what you do because the reason why you want the bottle on its side is to maintain contact with the wine and the cork. And that will keep the cork wet and because it's made out of wood, it expands and it creates a real good seal in here, right? And, and, and that's what you want to protect the wine from exposure to oxygen. Um, and, and if you have a screw top, it doesn't matter. The screw top was designed, doesn't need to stay wet. Now there is some research coming out that says that the best way to store wine is at an angle so that the wine is touching the cork, but there's still a section where the air that's in the headspace is touching the cork as well. And so far there are no storage systems that I've seen that take that into account. The other thing that you're worried about with wine is temperature. You want to store your wine typically in the 50s, so between 50, 59 degrees, uh, some research shows up in the 60s is okay, but no matter what, you do not want your wine to get below 25 degrees Fahrenheit because that will potentially cause a freeze uh, break where the wine starts to freeze, it can break the bottle, or the, the pressure can push the, the cork out and then everything leaks out, especially if it's on its side. And you don't want your wine to get up above 86 degrees because there's a lot of volatile compounds that are inside a bottle of wine and those compounds do add flavor to the product. So if they happen to eva evaporate, 
your wine is not going to taste the same. So you want to, you know, keep it in that range. You also want to limit light exposure. There are some chemical reactions that require UV light. And there are some proteins, from what I understand, that are in wine and spirits that will chemically react with oxygen that's in the bottle when it's exposed to UV light. So we want to avoid that. We also want to limit exposure to vibration. Most common cause of vibration for wines is being stored on top of a refrigerator. And that motor running all the time just kind of vibrates the wine. Now, the science on that's a little bit sketchy, right? So um, there's no anything I could find that a, a, a chemical engineer could explain, but there is some, if you will, like experimental uh, research that's been done that shows that it can throw off more sediment in the bottle. And the theory is, is that that sediment has flavor compounds in it. So, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to lose those flavors. Um, you also have to maintain a certain level of humidity. And that's because the wine inside the bottle will keep the cork wet and keep it expanded. But, if the atmosphere around the bottle is too dry, it can actually dry out the top part of the cork and make it easier for air to get in and out of the bottle. So you want to avoid that. And so any humidity between 50 and 80% is good. And the great news is, is that most living environments, unless you live in a desert or you live in like Antarctica or something like that, you're gonna be within that range. Where I live, it's 60 to 70%, so that's perfect. And then you wanna be, you want it to be an environment that's free from harsh odors. And that's because wine is so reactive that it can chemically react with almost any compound that it encounters in the air. And I've actually had wines before that were grown in an area where there was you know, something else in that region. Like I, I had this Australian wine that there was uh, eucalyptus trees in the area and I could taste eucalyptus in a wine. Um, and then the last thing to take into consideration with your wine storage is security because bottles are very expensive and you may have uh, children or roommates or somebody else that might be in your house that you don't want to get into it. So you want to take into consideration, can I secure this and keep people away from it uh, that I don't want to have access to it? And so the main reason why wine is stored that way is because wine can be affected by oxygen very quickly. It's why you got to drink your wine within a couple days of opening it. Wine can also be exposed by light and that can be a problem because of these chemical reactions. Um, and then lastly, temperature changes are very bad for wine because it changes the pressure inside the bottle and that can cause your bottle to expel wine past the cork um, it can also cause a vacuum and cause the bottle to pull oxygen in, which as we've already mentioned, will create chemical reactions. Um, and lastly, chemical reactions can be held in suspension by temperature. So if you cool a wine off enough, it ages slower, right? But if you let that same wine heat up, those chemical reactions start to happen faster and faster. And so your wine can age too quickly it can actually kind of outpace some of the chemical reactions that take more time. Um, and so you can miss out on some development if your wine's too warm um, and it can even start to degrade. So ideal cellar conditions are basically what you'd think of in a movie, right? Somebody has dug some sort of a cellar underneath this great big mansion. It is dark, it's completely protected from light. Um, it is dank, so there's plenty of moisture, it's underground, so the temperature doesn't change very much, and it's also super expensive and, and way out of the realm of expectation for the average wine drinker out there. And so if that's the ideal location, how close 
does the TOCO or TUCO, I actually don't know how to pronounce it, wine cellar come to meeting up to the ideal location? Um, well, first of all, it stores bottles on their side. So right there, we're gonna maintain that, that contact with the cork. Secondly, it is temperature controlled. So one of the things that I like to do with my wine is I like to check its temperature um, because there's proper serving temperatures and there are uh, proper storage temperatures. And I have this handy dandy little device here and you, it's, it's infrared uh, thermometer and you put it up against the bottle and you can kind of push the button and it says that it's 55.3 degrees, which is ideal because the refrigerator is doing a very good job. The refrigerator says that it was 55 degrees. Now, when you open up the door, the temperature will rise up a few degrees because you let some of that air escape. Um, but that is a good sign that this refrigerator is holding the wine at the proper storage temperature so that it can age gracefully and not be too in too aggressive of an environment. Um, it also has two layers of insulated glass that prevent outside temperatures from affecting it. So you probably wouldn't want to store this in like a garage in, in, in Arizona, right? Because it may get too hot, it may overwhelm. But the idea is, is that if you do have some temperature fluctuations um, on this, uh, it, the glass is going to help prevent the wine that's on the inside from being affected by that. It also has UV protection on the glass, which is good because as we've already mentioned, UV rays can negatively impact the flavor of the wine. Um, and the compressor is designed to be quiet, but also reduce vibration uh, because you don't want the, the, the vibration affecting the wine and causing additional settlement. Hey, Bourbon Real Talk watchers and listeners, Randy Sullivan with a real quick commercial break. So if you haven't noticed, this channel does not have any sponsors because I want to be completely independent as I provide valuable information to you. And I also don't have a Patreon. So if you were wondering how you could support the channel, here's how. We have merch. So one of the things that we have that we're pretty excited about are these Glen Lanyards. If you've ever gone to a whiskey tasting, this thing is clutch. Secondly, we have Bourbon Real Talk branded Glen Karens. Now, a lot of guys think candles are just for girls, but that's not the case because Bourbon Real Talk has been thinking about all of you men out there or women who like more masculine scents. And we have masculine scented candles. We've got leather, charcoal, and tonka. And as you get more excited about the whiskey enthusiast game, you're going to start to collect samples. And those samples are going to clutter up your shelf. So I made these lovely storage boxes. We have two sizes. They are actually solid wood. They come pre-stained. They hold 36 a piece. So we have one that's a one ounce and one that's a two ounce. But if you want the creme de la creme of Bourbon Real Talk merch, you're gonna wanna get one of these Bourbon Real Talk American Whiskey Aroma Kits. This has 36 different scents that would commonly be found in American whiskey. And this kit has actually made its mark on the world. There is one major Kentucky distillery, soon to be two. They use this kit to train their sensory team. So if you wanna get on that level, you can pick up one of these. Now, if you're just a casual listener and you don't wanna pick up any merch and you just wanna come and you wanna learn, I'm happy to have you as a listener. But if you wanna support the channel, Best way to do it is to head over to bourbonrealtalk.com forward slash shop and pick something up. And I don't exactly know how this works, but when you read up on this particular unit, it says that the uh, dual glass design was also designed to maintain humidity inside 
the unit, which is good. Uh, the gasket that is around the outside should also prevent the outside smells from being able to be pulled into the bottles and affecting the wine. And the racks are adjustable, which is important because these refrigerators are generally designed to work with a Bordeaux bottle, which is a particular size and shape. But there are certain regions that different shapes are popular. There's different sizes of, of wine bottles and you can adjust the shelves to accommodate for those. So that's good. My one big complaint with this unit um, is that it doesn't have a lock. And so security is a little bit of an issue uh, with this. It would be nice if you could lock up your bottles uh, to keep your teenagers out of it or, you know, whatever, in case you had a break in or something like that. Uh, but, you know, despite all of that, overall seems to be an excellent product for the price. It is roughly half to a third of the price of some of the more mainstream units that I've seen out there. There are some elements to its design that you can tell that it's a little bit cheaper. The, the racks are more the style of racks that you would see like inside of an oven. You know, they're, they're metal wire racks. They make a lot of noise whenever you move bottles around. Um, I've seen some higher end units that have kind of a wood front ledge and the, the, the tracks seem to kind of be on rollers and it feels more smooth. Um, so, you know, they had to cut some corners to release a product that's this inexpensive. Uh, but overall, I think this unit is doing its job and it's got the features in it that somebody would need if they were going to be, you know, a moderate wine collector. Only holds 28 bottles. So if you're going to be like, you know, a, a big wine collector, you're probably going to need something larger than this. But, you know, it, this unit, it's getting the job done. So let's talk about now how whiskey is stored. So first off, the orientation of a whiskey bottle is that it needs to be upright. You don't want your whiskey bottle on its side. It does need to be in a temperature controlled environment. Okay, similar to wine. And you do want to also limit the light exposure on your whiskey bottles as well. Um, and it needs moderate humidity, just like the wine does. And security can also be an issue, not just because you, you know, want to keep somebody from stealing the bottles, but whiskey can be more dangerous in the hands of somebody who is less experienced. So it's probably a good idea to have a way to lock your whiskey up. So I've actually had people ask me before, is it okay when I see this large collection that all the bottles are upright? Do they have to go shake them every so often and keep the corks wet? Well, what people don't realize is that there's so much ethanol, so much more ethanol in a bottle of spirit than there is in a bottle of wine, that the ethanol that's evaporating off the top of that alcohol is enough to keep that cork wet and expanded and keep it tight. And so you actually don't need to wet your corks, okay? Just the normal evaporation alcohol is gonna take care of that for you. Now, this is gonna be a little bit controversial and I'm sure I'm gonna get some negative comments about this, but chemically, whiskey is not really affected by oxygen, okay? You can go out and look right now and you will find tons of articles and comments from professionals from the industry talking about oxidation and oxidization. But if you ever sit down and you talk with a chemical engineer that actually knows what compounds are in your average bourbon, they can explain to you that by the time it makes it into the bottle, there are really no chemical reactions that are taking place. And the, using the term um, oxidize or oxidization when it comes to whiskey is kind of become accepted in the industry. 
even though the chemical reactions that are likely taking place that are causing the changes in the flavor of the whiskey don't involve oxygen molecules at all. Now, since your main enemy when it comes to storing your bottles is evaporation of the alcohol, some people have tried to use the same techniques that they use on their wine bottles in, to protect their whiskey bottles. And one of the techniques you can use on a wine bottle is they sell these like rubber stoppers that go in there and they've got a one directional valve in them. And there's a pump that you can put on top and you can pump all the oxygen out of the bottle. And that might be a good idea to try and get an extra day or two out of your wine bottle. But it's a terrible idea for your whiskey bottle because that vacuum actually makes it easier for the ethanol to evaporate out of the whiskey that's in the bottle and lower the proof of that whiskey, which is gonna cause all the problems that you see as whiskey gets older. The other thing that you have to be mindful of is temperature swings. And that's because pressure can build up in a bottle of whiskey just like it can in wine. But if you do have pressure buildup in whiskey, you're gonna lose a lot of ethanol as that pulls out. And then as the oxygen comes back in, you're gonna have more space for that ethanol to evaporate into, right? And so you, you want to avoid those temperature swings in the same way you do with wine, but for slightly different reasons. On the whiskey, you're doing it because you don't want the ethanol to evaporate. On the wine, you're doing it because you don't want the oxygen to get into your bottle. So overall, the differences between storing wine and whiskey have to do with orientation of the bottle, right? Because you want cork exposure to the liquid on one, you don't want it on the other. Temperature matters for both, but not as much for whiskey. The changes that happen in whiskey will happen faster at a higher temperature, um, but you're talking about the difference of a chemical, reaction, chemical reactions that take a total of two to five days to happen versus chemical reactions that take you know two to 20 years to happen. Whiskey is a very stable solution, and so it's not as important that you follow all of those rules. Uh, light matters for both because the chemical reactions that happen whenever the liquid is exposed to UV. Uh, vibration is questionable for wine, but I don't see anybody saying that vibration hurts whiskey. In fact, there are a lot of whiskey companies that are experimenting with vibration during the aging process to see if they can speed up the age and speed along some of those chemical reactions. Jury's out on whether or not that's effective or not, but people are trying it, so I mentioned it. Humidity is important for both. Uh, both you need the humidity to maintain the tight seal of the cork. On the wine, it's important because you don't want the oxygen to get in. On the whiskey, it's important because you don't want the ethanol to get out. And whiskey just doesn't care all that much about outside odors because it's not very chem chemically reactive. So if it did get exposed to something, uh, it'd have to be something pretty extreme before you would be able to taste that in the whiskey. Um, and, and, and even that's questionable. So if this is your first time watching the channel, um, I, I just want to thank you for taking the time to watch. If you are in need of a wine refrigerator, I've left all of the tape and all of the, the, the things that are part of this unit to keep it from being damaged during shipping because I am giving this thing away. So if you look down in the show description, there's going to be a link for you to fill out. You'll be able to fill that link out. It's gonna capture your name, address, you know, phone number, email, I promise I'm not gonna bug you, but I do need that information. And then I'm gonna run a randomizer and I'm gonna pick one lucky winner that's gonna get this free. And again, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, uh, Tuca or Toka um, wine storage system. And if you 
are interested in this unit, but you happen to not be the lucky winner, they're very easy to find. Just go to Google, search T-O-O-C-A space in the word wine. It'll come up everywhere. They're sold at Walmart. They're sold at Amazon. They're very affordable. Um, and I want to tell you also a little bit about our show philosophy. So our, our show philosophy is that we want to use brown spirits to bring people together. Um, whiskey in particular, almost in everyone's collective mind, is like a, a communal resource that's meant to be shared, right? And I've seen some pretty amazing things of people from wildly different backgrounds that were brought together around whiskey. Even people that if they were to try to share their political beliefs or their religious beliefs or whatever, they would find differences that would maybe block their ability to feel connected. Getting together around whiskey, all of that stuff just kind of goes out the window. And so the goal of this podcast is to help use the connective power of whiskey to bring us all together. Unfortunately, I did lose a loved one to suicide in 2014. And that came as a shock to me and my family. You know, I, I knew that my brother had problems, but I didn't understand how bad those problems were. And it really was an eye-opener for me that there might be people all around me who don't feel connected. They don't feel loved. And that was part of the impetus for me starting this channel because I wanted to be able to create a, a space and an environment and introduce people to other people from the enthusiast community so that they didn't feel alone, so that they knew that there was somebody in their life that cared about them. And I've also seen recently in particular a lot of negativity online and strangers being hateful to one another, saying terrible things to each other, uh, saying that they hate somebody that they've never even met in person or talked to in person. And that made me realize that if those people can hate you, even though they don't know you, just because they saw something that you wrote on the internet, it's just as easy for me to love you, even though I don't really know you. And so that's why I end every podcast with the same positive message, and that is this. If you woke up this morning and you were unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you, and I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk.